Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2. Read one verse, verse 15. Je vais lire le verset 15. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2. Verse 15. Le verset 15. Says, And the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. To put the man in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. This morning I'll be looking slightly je regardais ce matin brièvement. Slightly close to what I shared the last time. Brièvement, ce que j'ai partagé la semaine dernière. Last time we talked about how do you see it. Quand j'ai parlé de comment tu le vois. This time it will be how should I see it. Cette fois-ci, c'est comment dois-je le voir. And the reason I'm starting with the question. La question pour laquelle je commence avec une question. Because many, many times perspective matters in life. Parce que plusieurs fois, the way you see things. La manière dont vous voyez les choses. Matters a lot in a lot of things. A beaucoup d'importance pour les choses. Many, many times we see things in our own way. But the number of ways in which people see things. The first one in which people see things is that people see things the way others tell them about it. Are you somebody who has seen things all your life the way people talk to you about it? Are you see God based on the way that the pastor has preached God? Do you see your neighbor the way others have described your neighbor? We've seen things the way others have described them to be. Job said in Job, Job chapter 5 verse 27, Job 5, but he says these things we have searched it and it is so. Des choses que nous avons cherchées, c'est ainsi. He has not just seen it the way others have described it. Ils n'ont pas vu ça de la manière dont ils ont it out. Ils ont cherché. They believe it to be so. Et ils croient que c'est ainsi. One thing Paul recommended about the Berean Christians. Une chose que Paul avait dit. After they listened to the word of God. Après qu'ils aient entendu. The Bible says in Acts 17:11. Acts chapter 17 verse 11. That they went home and searched these things whether they be so. Ils sont partis chercher ce truc si c'est vrai. Many of us have an idea of God. Nous avons l'idée de Dieu. Many times our impression of God. Nous avons l'impression de Dieu. Many times our image of God. Nous avons l'image de Dieu. Has been dictated by what people tell us to be. Ça a été dicté par ce que les gens disent. The message from T.D. Jakes last week. Nous avons écouté le message de T.D. Jakes. Was during the week you were were lost in. Last week you turned into Cornerstone Chapel. La fois passée c'était Cornerstone. And these have been the description that you know about God. C'était la description que tu connais de Dieu. David told his son Solomon in Second Chronicles 28 verse 9. Dieu dit à Salomon. He says, My son. Il dit mon fils. Know the Lord for yourself. Quand tu connais le Dieu. There's anything that we are falling guilty about. Il y a quelque chose dont nous sommes coupables. In our Christian race. It's because we have not known God for who He is. C'est parce que nous ne connaissons pas Dieu. We know God by description. Nous connaissons Dieu par description. We know God by tales. Nous connaissons Dieu par certains noms by salmon. Nous connaissons Dieu par les pays. But we have not known God for who He is. Nous ne connaissons pas Dieu de ce qu'il est. Job said in Job for two verse five. Job dit en Job. He says, I have heard of I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. J'ai te connais par l'entendu. But now I see your face. So if you ever know God for who He is, the big question is how do you see God? Know God for yourself. Know your neighbor by yourself. Many descriptions you have about your neighbor. Many descriptions you have about the work colleague. Some of it are hear stories and things that are not actually true. So my first question this morning is. Do you know God for yourself, or you know Him by what is being told to you by others? We see things the way it is described unto us. Another way in which people see things, not just the way people describe it to us, 
that others tell us about it, but we hold on to that first impression. We need to outgrow that first impression. Because God wants us to see things beyond the way they look. When I was born as a child, my father saw me in the hospital ward. He's an hour-old baby. But it's going to be wrong of him to see me as a month-old baby by now. And you with me, it's going to be wrong of my parents to expect me to call him in Nigeria for permission to go to Ferdicton. I am their son, but I've since grown to become a man. So are you seeing things the way others tell you about it? Are you seeing things the way you've always seen it? Are you seeing things the way you saw it the first time? There are many scriptures that I've seen for the first time and ran away with it. Time with explanation, with spending time, they have a whole different meaning. A whole different meaning from what it was in the first time. James 1 25 says, He that looketh into the perfect law of liberty. He says, He that looketh into the perfect law of liberty. He didn't say he that glanced at it. Many times we look at things and just take away our eyes from it. The, the wisest man that lived, Solomon, he gave a counsel. He said, when you are examining things, he says in Proverbs 24, 32, he says, I looked at it, I considered it deeply, and I looked into it. Then you run into conclusions. But many times we look at it, we have our first impression matters, and we run away with it. And many of those times we have run into the wrong judgment. Do you see things the way others have described them to be? Do you hear things and run away with it? Do you see things as the way you've always seen them? Or do you see things the way you saw them the first time? When I met my wife, when I met my wife, when you met your husband, it may be that young, handsome man in the university. It may be that young, working class guy who is looking sharp and, and, and good. It may be that lovely girl who looks great on her job. It may be that she, or me, she may be that final year student. And that is the first impression. But the wife has soon grown to become your confidant, to become the mother of the home, to become the father of the home. Was that the way we saw it the first time? It's not the way we saw it the first time. But growth happened naturally. That the person is not someone you, 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 you share your secrets with. Your spouse has not become the person you, 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 you planned your retirement together with. When you had your children, they were people you said, go and do this, go and do that. That was, the, that was the first thing you saw of your children. But they soon grew and they became your friends. And you sit down together and talk about soccer. You sit down together and plan holidays. You sit down together and plan vacations. Because things do not remain the way they are the first time. So the big question is, do you see things the way you've been described? It's been described to you. Do you see things the way you've always seen it? Do you see things the way you've seen it the first time? Another way in which people see things. Another way in which people see things is that they see things the way it appears on the outward. 
Il voit les choses de la manière que ça paraît dans le monde. Judge according to the outward appearance. Il juge par rapport à l'apparence. Is your knowledge about Cornerstone Chapel according to the outward appearance? Votre connaissance sur Cornerstone Chapel par l'apparence? Extensively, we learned this morning. Extensively, nous avons appris ça. the body of Christ. C'est le corps de Christ. Do you see Cornerstone as just a building that you come on Sunday to worship? Voyez-vous Cornerstone comme si c'était une What is your perception about your husband? Five foot seven, five feet seven inches tall. Is that all you see about him? Is it the height or the weight or the outward appearance that you consider? First Samuel sixteen seven says the Lord does not see after after the outward appearance. People see things the way it appears on the outside. People judge a book by its cover. It's natural to do that. It's natural to do that. But many times we do not get the best out of things when you see it from the outward appearance. And the persuasion of Jesus Christ from judging things from the outward appearance is such that it is wrong. And Jesus told his disciples, He said that do not judge after the outward appearance, but judge righteous judgment. If there's a righteous judgment, then it's not the outward appearance. Then it's not the outward appearance. So God wants us to judge after righteous judgment. God, God is a God that's interested not just in the outside. But he's interested in the inside. So the question is, how have I been judging my neighbor? How, how have I been judging my country? How have I been judging my community? How have I been judging my colleague at work? The question is, are you judging after the outward appearance? A very popular scripture that we quote every time. He says, God is ready to avenge all disobedience. When your own obedience is complete. But seven, immediately after that, Paul asks that, do you still judge after the outward appearance? Many times the outward appearance can be deceptive. So do you judge things? Do you see things the way others describe it to you? Do you see things the way you've always seen it? Do you see things the way you saw it the first time? Do you see it after your outward appearance? And do you see things from the sight of men? Many times we see as man sees. When, God, when Jesus said, be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful. He knows that there's a mercy that is from God and a mercy that is from man. Man, man naturally wants you to suffer for your sins first, then you show you mercy. But Jesus said, be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful. Do you do things according to the way man does it? Isaiah 55 says that our ways are not God's ways. Which means there are two different ways. Entirely, our thoughts are not God's thoughts. As long as we live as men on earth, God expects us to think the way God will think. As we are Christians growing like Christ, God expects us to have our ways the way God will have His way. 
Dieu veut que nous ayons nos voix comme il a ses voix. So do you see your neighbor the way God will see them? Do you see your husband, your wife, your children the way God will see them? Do you see your children as the heritage of the Lord? Did you see your children as the mighty arrow in the hand of the warrior? Or you just see them as a carbon copy of you living in your house as an extra head? You need to ask yourself those questions. Are you seeing things the way others have described them to be? Are you seeing things the way you've always seen them? Are you seeing things the way you saw it the first time? Are you seeing things according to your other parents? Are you seeing things as men do? Job 36 verse 5. Job 36. He says, as great as God is, he doesn't despise any man. So ask yourself, are you despising yourself? When you become an employee of a company, and you see all the CEOs and the top people in the office, do you look down on yourself as well? Do you see yourself as a dog? When God gives you a business idea, and you start it in your own little way, is this something that you look down upon? The Bible says, do not despise the days of little beginnings. So if you are seeing it, if you are seeing it as, 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 as man does, it means you are not seeing it the way you should see it. You should see yourself as a lender of too many nations. You should see yourself as an eternal excellency. You should see yourself as a joy of many generations. You should see yourself beyond the way man will see you. You see yourself beyond the description of man. You should see yourself the way the Bible describes you. You learn to see yourself the way the Holy Spirit reveals, reveals Himself to you. You see yourself the way God has ordained you to be. When God gave man a work to do in the Garden of Eden, it was a position of dominion. They needed not to defend their cause before the devil. They needed not to defend their cause before Satan. But that conversation is what brought man to where it is today. So how do you see yourself? How do you see your neighbor? How do you see the human race? Christ came to the earth to die for all. says, who will have all men saved? Do you see the world as a doomed place or a place that is ready for salvation? As a result of these questions, I'll focus on many relationships that we have. Of course, we have relationship with our parents. We have relationship with our children. We have relationship with the community. We have relationship with this city. We have relationship with ourselves. We have relationship with every kind of thing that you can imagine. Because of this message this morning, is how should you see it? 
Comment le voyez-vous? How should you see your relationship? Comment devez-vous le voir votre relation? How should you see your relationship with God? Comment devez-vous voir votre relation avec Dieu? The best way in which I believe you should see your relationship with God, la première chose dans laquelle vous devez voir votre relation, c'est relationship. C'est votre relation that requires your attention. Demande votre attention. Like a garden, it is your it's a relationship that requires your attention. Comme dans le jardin, c'est une relation qui demande votre attention. Put man in the garden. Quand Dieu a mis l'homme dans le jardin, the with us in the cool of the day. il est venu communier par la journée. Il vous a donné un temps. Il dress and keep it. Habille-toi et garde. That is one thing that requires our attention. Just like you have a, 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 a physical garden, you remove every weed. You water it on time. You remove every thorn. When Jesus in Matthew that he told us the parable of the sower, certain, certain seed fell among thorns, and the thorns choked them off. So the question is, are you attending to your relationship with God? Your relationship, your relationship with God requires attention. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 13, he says, until I come, give attendance to reading. Give attendance to the word. Give attendance to doctrine. Et par contre, il dit, give attention to the gifts that are in you. Donc, fait attention aux dons qui ont. Et si there is nothing you will do, you give attention to the gifts that are in you. Il n'y a rien que vous devez faire, vous donnez attention aux dons. It requires your attention. Ça exige votre attention. That you may remove every distraction. Que vous pouvez enlever toute distraction. When you are cultivating your relationship with God, quand vous cultivez votre relation avec Dieu, we've been taught in the last couple of weeks, close to a month, about growth. Nous avons appris de la croissance. Ever you want your relationship with God to grow, quand vous voulez votre relation avec Dieu, ça demande votre attention attention. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5, Paul dit, he said that we may attend unto the Lord without distraction. Nous devons attendre à Dieu sans distraction. What is distracting you from attending to the work of God? What is it that is distracting you from building your from building your relationship with God? What is it that is distracting you from focusing on your fellowship with God? Proverbs 4 20 says, My son, attend unto my word. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let it never depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life to your flesh, and health to your bones. If you need life in your flesh, you gotta keep attending to the word of God. If you need health in your bones, you need to attend to the word of God. Because God needs our attention. He needs you to focus on giving attendance to Him. This book of the Lord must not depart from your eyes. It must not depart from your heart. It must not depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night. It is only in that that you have prosperity and you have good success. Are you lacking in the area of success? The word of God will do it for you. Are you lacking in prosperity? The relationship with God will do it for you. So the first thing 
on how you should strengthen or how you should see your relationship with God. See it as one that requires your attention. Not of this casual, casual relationship with the master. It, it requires detail from you. It requires attention from you. Number two. Another thing about what you should see in imputing into your relationship with God is that it requires a heart of gratitude from you. Oh, I know the million of things that you want to achieve that you've not achieved. The dreams that have not been fulfilled. The visions that have not come to pass. The aspirations that have not been met. The goals that you prayed faster than set. That you have not received Realization to the prayer request that you've not received answer to. There are so many of them that way. But the heart of gratitude is one thing that will strengthen your relationship with God. That's why Paul says, in all things, in everything, give thanks. Not for everything. Because if it's for everything, it is when you receive it, you give thanks. But in any situation, good or bad, you need to have a heart of gratitude. You don't pay for the ground you walk upon. You don't pay for the air you breathe. Even when we are asked to wear masks, we complain about it that it's limiting the air we breathe in. But that air itself is free. We need to have a heart of gratitude. Colossians 3, 5 says, be thankful. Be thankful for everything that you have not received. thankful for your relationship with God. Because in the natural, I don't know of the same man or woman whose spouse will go three hours into the mall and come with everything that they've shot for the day. And you pick up the list and say, by the way, this is not there. We don't do that to our earthly people we have relationship with. Why do we do it to God? Why do we do it to God? God deserves our praise. God deserves our thanksgiving. God deserves our worship. God deserves a heart of gratitude for the things you think you've not achieved yet. Everything has its own timing and everything has its place. Another thing, way in which you see it, another way in which you see your relationship with God is that it deserves your wholeheartedness. When I mean wholeheartedness, I mean it desires you yourself. Giving yourself wholly, completely to God. God, unfortunately, is a God that does not take you stand between two positions. Says, if Baal be Baal, then worship Baal. And if God, and if God is God, then worship God. When the Ten Commandments came down, and God inscribed with his finger, the first instruction in Exodus 20, verse 3, is that you can have no other God except him. So if you are in a relationship with God, you see it as and fully in with him. 
There is no one leg in, one leg out. There's no such thing as sitting on the fence. I am fully with God in this. That was the testimony about Philip's life. He said of Philip in Numbers 1424, he said he served fully. He was there fully. Jesus told us you cannot serve two masters. You will either love one and hate the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and fame. When you are thinking about your relationship with God, it not only requires your attention, it not only requires a heart of thanksgiving or a heart of gratitude, it requires you to be all in with Him. Because God does not share His worship. God does not share His worship. God is a God that is a just God. If that is the description that is given on Him, just to stand by it, He's a jealous There is no woman who accepts His husband to be shared with different women. Where our Heavenly Father would not accept worship of Him and bow. Worship of God and money at the same time. No, you know that friendship with this God is enmity with God. God wants us to be in with Him fully. Another thing that we should see about our relationship with God is not just our heart of thanksgiving, not just our attention, but our labor in prayer. Many, many times we undervalue the effect of prayer. God wants prayer to be mandatory for everyone. Husbands pray for their wives. Parents pray for their children. Why do you think your relationship with God doesn't deserve prayer? When you have a problem, you remember to pray. When you have a desire, you need mercy, you remember to call upon the Lord. When your nation is under turmoil or threat, you call upon the name of the Lord. But when it is the time for you to strengthen your relationship with God, you don't feel like you don't feel like praying. You don't feel like praying when there's no prayer request. I don't see a scripture that talks about relationship with feeling and prayer. It says men ought always to pray. That's nothing that links your feeling and your prayer. Pray without sitting. That's it. It has nothing to do with whether you feel like or you don't feel like. When the spirit nudges you to pray, it is time to pray. Instead of mindlessly scrolling through your social media, it is time to drop it and do what? And pray. When it's time and you have low activity happening with you, it's time for you to set this aside and pray. Mind you, when we talk about prayer, it's not for you just pushing out your request to God. Prayer also indicates fellowship. Because when God kept man in the Garden of Eden, He came in the cool of the day to fellowship with man. For all you care that was prayer. Because you talk to God, and God also speaks to you. So God is a God that inhabits your prayer. 
Not just your praises, but also your prayer. So you need to see your relationship with God. You should see your relationship with God as needing your attention, as needing a heart of gratitude, as needing your full heart of gratitude, and needing your labor in prayer. There is a veil in heaven that says endlessly waving before, um, before the throne of the Most High. Revelation chapter 5 verse 8. Revelation chapter 5 verse 8. Revelation. It says, that bowl is full of incense of the prayers of believers. You need to ask yourself, is my prayer part of those that are making incense in heaven? You need to watch your prayer life. If ever you would see your relationship with God as better, if ever you concentrate on growth of your relationship with God, you need to labor in prayer. God will speak to you. You will speak to God. Not just about your needs every time. You need to get, get rid of this narcissistic view of life. That every, everything that concerns is just you. It is you who wants to go to school. It is you who wants to raise money. It is you who wants to be the next billionaire. We all left, came to this world with nothing and we live with nothing. At the best, at the most, we live it to our children and relatives. But in reality, you need to focus on prayer on how to strengthen your relationship with God. God needs, God needs you not just to pay attention to Him, not just to have a heart of gratitude, but to have prayer. Another thing you should see about your relationship with God is that God needs your heart. When a man marries a woman, what they give to them is, I give you my heart. The same God says to you, love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul and with all your mind. Your relationship with God is not something that you just do with your brain and your hand and your walk. Like we, like we learned this morning in the Sunday school, he said there are people there in the physical um, body of and they are in the physical church, but they are not known in heaven because there is no relationship with God. That process of giving your heart unto God has not occurred. That, that process of giving your heart unto God has not happened. When God tells us that love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength, He knows what He's talking about. So if you make your relationship strong with God, He needs your heart. That is one thing you always ask for. Proverbs 23, 26. Says, My son, give me your heart. There's no request that is simpler than that. God needs your heart to walk with. God needs your heart as a dwelling place for his presence. God needs, God needs your heart to have his thoughts there. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your heart on things above. 
Not on, not on things on the earth. Are your desires and your heart still on things on the earth? Are you there chasing after fame? Are you there chasing after prominence in life? Are you there chasing after just money? God says, I need your heart. Your heart should be set on things above and not on things on the earth. When we talk about your heart, we also mean your commitment. When the children of Israel came into the promised land, it says you would commit yourself to serve the Lord always. God needs not only your prayers. He doesn't just need your attention. He doesn't just need your thanksgiving and praises. He also needs your heart. He needs your, he needs your commitment. Another thing that we should see our relationship with God is that we see it as something that needs our priority. Many, many times we want to do other things before we focus on the things of God. We want to achieve, achieve our dream, achieve our aspirations before we give room for God. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness. Then every other thing will be added unto you. If you want peace added unto your life, if you want joy added unto your life, if you want the slightest thing you touch to be filled with favor, you need to learn to strengthen your relationship with God by making Him priority. I have set the Lord always before me because it's as well. my right hand that shall not be moved. You want God to stand at your right hand? You need to set the Lord always before you. Do you want circumstances and situations to stop moving you around? You need to set God as your priority. God wants us to be priority. God wants us to, to make him priority. Where you behave like the disciples. The disciples say we would rather, would rather obey God than obey man. God wants to be first in everything. God wants to take the preeminence. God wants to be set first. I was listening to a man of God several years ago. Mandy uh, Stanley. He said, There is no one who drifts into priority. There's no one who drifts into priority. We all discipline ourselves there. There is no one who drifts into prioritizing things. You discipline yourself to put there. You discipline yourself to put God first. You put discipline yourself to put the things of God first. You discipline yourself to put God at the topmost of your priority. When you, be, when you begin your day, is it the devotional you start with or you see the social media that happened before or after you slept off? You need to learn, we need to, learn to put God first in everything that we do. We need to learn to put God first in every place that we go. God needs not just our hearts, 
It doesn't just need that prayer of yours. It doesn't just need your hands to walk with. It doesn't need your heart of gratitude only. It doesn't need you just to be there fully with him. He needs you to set your priority. If ever God has not been your priority, this does the answer. La parole, la Bible et la réponse. If God has been your priority before, si Dieu a été votre priorité avant, he does the answer. La Bible est la priorité. If you are casual about your priority, if you are casual about your priority, si vous étiez à l'échange de vos priorités, the Bible is still the answer. La parole, la Bible est la réponse. Anything you do, put God first. Dans toutes choses que vous faites, Dieu avant. Because it is Him that will to do according to His good pleasure in you. So the question is, how have you seen your relationship with God so far? Are you seeing it as I'm speaking it now? Or you seen it the way you've always seen it? Or you seen it the, the, the way you the, 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 the first time you saw it when you got saved? Are you seeing it according to the outward appearance? Are you seeing it as man sees it? Are you seeing God the, the, the way your situation describes it? Or are you seeing it the way the word of God reveals it to you? Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, it is time for us to pay attention to our growth with relationship with God. It is time to talk to God and say, God, help me pray more to love you more. C'est le temps de prier à Dieu et dire Dieu aide-moi à vous aimer. the things of God. J'ai négligé les choses de Dieu. I have neglected prayer. J'ai négligé la prière. I have neglected the study of the word of God. J'ai négligé la la I have neglected my Dieu. I have neglected my devotion every morning. J'ai négligé ma prière matinale. Even the one that sent on the church WhatsApp group every morning I've neglected it. Même ce qui est envoyé dans le WhatsApp group de l'église, j'ai négligé your priority. Reset your priorities to put your attention to the things of God. Not just the things of God, but your personal relationship with God. Reset your priorities and say, let me stop thinking of myself and give thanks for the things I have. It's time to reset your priorities to say, I need to be more prayerful. Time to tell yourself that I need to stop wavering between two opinions. C'est le temps de vous établir en disant, je dois arrêter de basculer entre deux opinions. I need to see God as God and worship Him as God. Je veux voir Dieu comme Dieu et l'adorer comme Dieu. When I started my Christian race, quand j'ai commencé mon Christian race, quand j'ai commencé dans cette vie, God became my maker and my creator. Dieu est devenu mon créateur et mon faiseur. After a long living in sin and all that, après avoir vécu dans les péchés, He became my savior. Il est devenu mon sauveur. But we don't stop here, we move on. He became my Lord. He became my master. He directs me on how I should use my finances. He directs me on how I should relate to my fellow human beings. He directs me through his. He directs me through his servants. He directs me through his word. He became the Lord and master. He became someone that had a say in everything that I do. He had a say in everywhere that I go. Bow down your head and begin to talk to God at this point. Talk to him and say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my strength. 
I give you everything that I have. Je te donne tout ce que j'ai. I'm in with you fully on this. Je suis en I'm in with you fully on this. Je suis en toi pleinement. Help me, Lord, to set your priority. Aide-moi à t'établir ton Dieu.